Hi guys and welcome back to You're on Crackmate, the podcast where we delve into films, television series, and whatever takes our fancy really, analysing and reviewing them to the point where I've been told flat out, you're on Crackmate. This week I am delighted to be welcoming back one of my frequent flyers, the person who makes everyone around her just better for her being there. It's the most wonderful Dr. Carol Quigley. How are you, Carol? Thank you. That was a delightful introduction, but I'm starting to worry whether or not you're being sarcastic with them. Do you know what I mean? Um, as long as you're never sure one way or the other, I think we're safe. Mm. It's if okay. you know I'm going to be one way. This is like, then, 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 then we might have problems. But we don't have problems. You're lovely. We never have problems. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. It's grand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How are you since the last time I spoke to you? I got married. So nothing big then? Nothing big. Casual no. Friday. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. That's fantastic news, especially in this year of madness. Mm-hmm. Um, or actually, what are we on now? Five years? Seven years? It's hard to keep track. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. It's fantastic. Um, big event, small event, cardboard box event? Tiny event. We eloped. Yeah. Um, we eloped because... So we were... We were meant to be last year, and then we postponed to this summer going, oh, sure, listen, it's miles away, be grand. And then kind of this summer was coming, and we just... Anybody out there who's listening to this who, who has had to postpone a wedding, um, I've heard loads of people talk about this. The first time you do it was fine, because you're going, look, the world is on fire, what can we do? Um, but the second time you have to do it, it's actually really, really, really upsetting. It's really difficult. Um, and, you know, it had been like, you know, we're, we're all well into a very difficult year and, and all the rest of it. So, um, yeah, we, we postponed the big day till next year. Um, but basically on what will be the first anniversary next year. So the same date this year, we decided to, we just were 10 years together. We just wanted to be legally married. So we went ahead with just us and our parents, nobody else. Our sisters kind of zoomed in and FaceTimed in and whatever. And yeah, we eloped, didn't tell anybody. And it was the best decision ever because it was the perfect day. Beautiful. Like beautiful. And I'm delighted to hear not just your good news for you, but just good news. And that is the best of news. Yeah, it was just, as I said, we're 10 years together. You know, we were lucky enough to, to own where we live. Um, and it just, it was just the, the next step for us. We've been engaged now forever because we should have been married um, last year. And it just, everybody already basically thought we were married. I mean, you've thought we were married for about eight years. Um, so yeah, it was, it was honestly just perfect. And um yeah, it was funny, like, because I had a kind of a silly little tagline. So, like, when we did kind of social media post or whatever, because it's not official until it's on social media, obviously. Oh, of course, yeah. um, I had a little chalkboard and I just said on it, no fuss, just us. And it's, yeah, it, that's, that's exactly how it was when I described my day. It was perfect. No fuss, just us. No stress. No panicking about times, no panicking about dresses and people getting here, there and everywhere and somebody's granny can't get up the steps and the cousin's flight is delayed and where are the buttonholes? Just no, no, like literally just me and Stephen got up that morning together at sunrise. We went down the beach, um, spent some time together and then we went off our separate ways to get ready with our parents. And yeah, it was just, it was just perfect. Oh, that's... I, I, I would highly recommend it. Excellent. Right. Well, okay. Consider this uh, open casting call for anyone who would like to step in to marry me uh, over mm-hmm. the next while. Um, 
that's probably a terrible thing to do. So, I mean, no, I'm, uh, I'm kidding, guys. Gladiator Deathmatch, whoever survives gets the uh, top job. So, uh, speaking of Gladiator, so this is the funny thing, right? We've opened yeah. with this beautiful, beautiful story of your happiness, mm-hmm. of joy and everything. Mm-hmm. Carol, what film are we discussing today? We're discussing The First Purge, which is kind of a silly title in some ways because it's not the first Purge movie, but it's a prequel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah, now I have to kind of get myself into the headspace for this filming. It's just like, okay. everyone's happy, everyone's great. Okay, massive socioeconomic downturn and mm-hmm. uh, the rise of a new slightly fascist party. Grant, okay, cool, we're here. So, the first Purge... Oh, well, I mean, you don't really have to imagine that, just... just... Go back to the States a couple of years ago. Do you know what I mean? Mm, kind of. And that is definitely something that, well, obviously we will be talking about in the course mm. of this pod because there was there was something. So I've watched this film twice now. Um, and there's Because, that, hang on, forewarning to any listeners in case I look like the thick one because I'm reading off notes from the 14th of March when I originally made these notes just like two days before we re- we originally recorded this episode and bear in mind it is now nearly the middle of July so it's just because I wanted us to spend more time together and we could uh, have done another film you know what I mean we can keep this going well we can nearly sure do listen. forever purge we will yeah but my problem with that is right is that that's now in the cinemas so how, how am I supposed to review that? Because my whole thing is that I sit there and I pause and I take notes and I blah, blah, blah. It'd probably be a bit, bit ignorant if I asked them if I could control the pause button in the cinema. Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't know. Considering you might be one of four people there, That's um, true. you might get away with that. Um, I haven't been in a cinema since Tenet last year. Um, yeah, I haven't been since pre-pandemic because I kind of have this thing um, I, it, 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 it's a bugbear for me that the, the theatres aren't open and mm. the, the cinemas are. Um, so I won't go to the cinema at the moment. It just, it irritates me. To be honest, yeah, that's fair. And, you know, thankfully, I, I am a huge film fan. Thankfully, there are still releases online. You know, mm-hmm. films, they're not making the money they were making, but they are mm-hmm. still making money. Theatre mm-hmm. isn't. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I've been fortunate enough in, in this lockdown to make some friends who work on the West End, uh, who work on Broadway. Um, and everyone who works on stage is feeling the same frustrations, the yeah. same fears, you know, and the same, we've just got just to gotta get through this. But you're even, um, shameless plug alert, for anyone who might be listening to my podcast, Irish Theatre Play, um, every, we've done, what, 16, 17 episodes at this point, and every person I have on, I'm deliberately trying to pick people who are working in different areas of theatre or, or experiencing different things or different career paths or whatever it is. And, and we can't help but talk about COVID in every episode because no matter what aspect of the theatre you're in, be it, you know, your traditional actor, director, writer, whatever, to your arts management, to your, you know, writers, your comedians or whatever, everybody has been affected by this in some way. Um, so, yeah, like... I literally might as well have a section on the podcast weekly been like the COVID section, how, you know, how has COVID affected you and, and your, your profession? Because, you know, it's just, um, yeah, no, let's not let Carol rant about theatre because we shall be here all we, night, which we probably will be anyway with this film. Yeah. Uh, well, there is, there is plenty, there is plenty to say. We, yeah, we need to have more talks about theatre. Right. Okay. Right. We will put pin in that. We will do that. Um, so this film, 
So first time I watched it, my first reaction was, this is my favorite so far. Um, yeah. Now I would put, and not just because I'm afraid of you, but I would put this one and Electioneer pretty much, pretty much on a level. Um, yeah, I, I think that's reasonable. As opposed to that list you texted me during the week of some. Oh, it was dreadful. Now, okay, I haven't seen Forever Purge, so I can't. Like, yeah, we'll take that one. That's cool. We'll take that. May be the greatest film since the dawn of time. No bother. I'm happy enough to say that might be the best. Grand. We'll leave that one out. Other than that, the person was clearly not watching the films. Yeah. So just for a bit of context, guys, they had um, inter. They ranked it from five to one, but the way they ranked it was. At number five, first purge, then election year. So you know straight away they've lost Carol. Then anarchy. Mm-hmm. Then, and this is where you're saying about the first purge. No, then purge film the, number the purge. one. Yeah, yeah, the purge. Yeah. Um, and then they had the forever purge as number one, which th- I might agree with that yeah, when I see the. That's film. cool. Whatever. I, I probably won't now because this person is. <laughs> they've ruined. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. sorry, but like you're a walking can of chickpeas. Like, what is your deal? Did you see them? A walking can of chi- I have never heard that one before. A walking can know, of I chickpeas. Could, I love I, it. I'd be coming out with these things now. Who knows? Yeah. But like, I just, like, what? If, 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 you, if all you want is a basic bitch slasher movie, fine. The Purge is a grand one. I, I actually quite like the film for, for a whole pile of reasons. Yeah. But it's grand. But like you, just objectively, even take Grillo out of it, right? So let's let's mm-hmm. have Carol be a bit objective for a minute. Even objectively, it's the worst of the four. It is. Yeah. It's the least interesting. It's the most basic bitch. Like it hasn't stopped the messing. It just. <clears throat> I can't. I'm not actually about to cry. I just said something in my throat there. That's quite all right. Like, I, I would understand your tears of rage. Uh, but no, I agree. And uh, look, as, Candy as you Candy Girl belongs in the purge. Oh, God. I truly can't stand I, I Look, well, I have made my feelings on her clear. Uh, she is the reason election year is not number one. For, okay, no, she's not. Uh, but she would be one of the reasons election yeah. year is not my number one. Yeah. Um, but... So to get to actually get to the film we're here to talk about today, yes. the first purge. This was a gamble because election yes. year kind of kind of wraps things up a little bit. Now there is that kind of you know there oh there's violent clashes playing over the end credits that yeah. I understand could lead to a story like the Forever Purge. Yeah. We will review when we can. Yeah. So when you've done a trilogy like that and then you announce okay there's going to be another film okay and it's a prequel why. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was my first mm-hmm. reaction. Um, mm-hmm. Having seen, I think, having seen the first film uh, when this film was being released. Um, yeah. Then yeah, watch Anarchy. Then Big Break. Mm-hmm. Then Election Year. Then this pretty close together. Um, so I was no, I was ready to enjoy it because I had enjoyed Election Year so much. Yeah. And. I didn't think I would enjoy it quite as much as I did. Yeah. Um, I, for me, one of the reasons, I mean, there's loads of reasons why it works and there's loads of reasons why I think it's a very, very interesting film that has a lot going on in it. It ain't subtle. You uh, know it, what I mean? No, it's, it, it's it a subtle, ain't subtle. to the face. 
it might as well have, and so well it should have Black Lives Matter painted, you know, on down all of the roads that they're that they're running around in. And I'm okay with that. I, I think it's, you know, oh God, that sounds awful. Me as a white person, I'm okay. No, it's, it's a very important message. And I think that's brilliant. But like the very fact that it opens with real news scenes, so it's really heavy yes. linking it to to reality. It also then at one at the beginning of the actual film has Van Jones, who's a CNN um, reporter, vehemently anti-Trump. It has him um, uh, interviewing people who are partaking in the purge. And obviously, that's not real. You know, he's whatever. But like, it it has him as as a very recognizable real news anchor. You know, it is the only film that takes that's actually that was actually released during the Trump era and also takes place during the Trump era um, because it, it's, it's 2017. Yeah, um, that's right, actually. Yeah, and, and it, you know, it, it's the closest to reality. It's the most political and it's the most explicitly about, about the black experience. And I, I actually think one of the reasons it's so good and it works so well is because it's not afraid to say, you know, lads, we're a very small step from here. And the linking the, the the real news scenes, for example, with this, you're going, yeah, mm. you know. And I mean, look at look at January sixth, this year. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So so we'll... so that that's for me why it works. One, well, one of the many reasons why it's excellent and why it actually earns its own right to exist. Yeah, and th- okay, that that's a perfect way yeah. of describing that exactly because, you know, as a prequel. All right, yeah, I'm interested to see how the how this the experiment began. You know, what were the things? But then you kind of go, oh, we're just going to see a bit more of the same, and it avoids that, which we'll we'll go through about how I think it it really avoids the expected mm. cliches. Yeah. Um, but uh, and just just to kind of uh, sort of dress her up front. So the so the new founding fathers they rise in the opening credits. Um, yeah. In 2014, so like three years before this. Yeah, and they are, you know, ultra, ultra conservative, um, you know, as right-wing as you can potentially get, Mm -hmm. um, and yet masking it with, we care about everything, we care about Mm -hmm. usual nonsense. Um, Not quite stop the messing, but I feel like saying stop the messing there. (laughs) Um, And then you have... Marissa Tomei's character, um, mm-hmm. who is incredibly naive and yet yeah. very idealistic and mm-hmm. also coldly dispassionate. Mm-hmm. She's a sociopath. She is because... She thinks she's looking at lab rats, like she's a sociopath. She actually dehumanizes these people to this mm-hmm. level. At no point... like. Her only problem, as the film goes on, uh, she's introduced and she's very matter of fact. And, you know, I'm delighted that we're doing this experiment. And the founding fathers have been the only ones now to have the courage to uh, help me on this experiment. Her only problem is that the actions of the new founding fathers skew the data. Yeah. It's nothing about lives lost. Nothing to do with that. It's that the data will, it's, you know, it's shown that her estimates were wrong. Mm. Um, She says at one point that what's happening makes no sense. All estimates 
uh, said that there would be a large amount of violence in the opening hours of the experiment that would then peter off as the night goes on. Mm-hmm. As we see, that's not what happens. Yeah. Um, because there is violence at the beginning, but it's not the type that suit that fits or that works for the NFFA narrative. So therefore they have to fix it. I mean, there is plenty of bleeding violence. Mm-hmm. There's also plenty of like general law breaking. And that's one thing that this film yeah. doesn't do it much, but it does no. do it a bit more than the previous three. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, this guy rocks up to, I think, I think it's a pawn store. Um, and you know, puts a brick through the window and says, I'm exercising yeah. my right to take all your shit. Yeah. He's like, well, frankly, yeah. You know, that's the yeah. one, I guess one thing we've been laughing about throughout this series mm-hmm. is that like, oh yeah, all crime is legal. Who are you going to murder? How about you just rob a car? Yeah. Like, oh, but, but it's, it's like the first actual crime that we really see is your man trying to break the ATM. Now that's, that's used as a setup then for Skeletor yeah. to commit the first murder of the night, even though they don't want to call it murder because actually it's legal, skin and blah, blah, whatever. Yeah. But that, that's what would happen. Or the illegal street parties. 100 percent people would take loads of drugs and have loads of street parties people having sex on the bonnet of a car again this is the sort and we've talked about this in the previous podcast this is actually the sort of thing that people would probably engage in yeah i think they would just have a completely wild night and that's so i wonder because i because we're in exactly the same same mind frame as that we're like yeah like i've been nearly waiting for films to see this mm-hmm. side of the purge mm-hmm. ironic that it's the first purge where mm-hmm. this happens which now actually as i say it, i wonder is this a way for james DeMonaco to go like oh i better write a prequel that has all of this stuff happening um but also it kind of in fairness it kind of fits in with it would be a slippery slope perhaps is is what they're going for or people can see more and more what they're getting away with yeah, and look, that's fair because I think did we if we cast our minds back to like nine years ago when we did mm-hmm. the first Purge film, which is that's annoying. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I think that's six years in. Yeah, about that. Yeah, so if if this is year one, the experiment on Staten Island, uh, and mm-hmm. that's the difference of this film is that it is solely confined to Staten Island. It's not nationwide. Well, it's the Staten Island experiment. Mm. And I like that. And the kind of as over the, mm, I think actually, no, Skeletor is the first one to say, I want to purge these feelings. Well, that's the whole point because he says that. Um, he says, I want to purge my feelings. And they say that's an interesting term. And actually, I think it's really interesting how, so it is officially called the Staten Island Experiment. But then this kind of concept of purge kind of gets out there. And we know, you know, in the media, when there's a serial killer or when there's, you know, something like that going on, we love an L name. Yes. We, we, we love this we can the, and the media whips it up and, and so much of this film now I'm not giving out about the media they're great and awful um you know simultaneously but so much of this film is actually about kind of controlling the narrative and what's put out there you know and even the fact that so after the after Skeletor kills the first the, the first man and Skeletor is an outlier Skeletor is the only person we see going around wanting to actually commit acts of murder other people might even be scaring people or whatever yeah but he's the only person doing that but they're like right get that footage out there to prove even though he's a complete exception to prove to the people watching oh actually look at these animals that is what they wanted to do and then we hear that it's viewed 20 million times already or whatever it is it's about controlling the narrative yes absolutely and as the totally unexpected um because we know what the 
The purge is set in 2022. I'm going back to my other notes. 2022. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. The the first film. The first film. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you very much. Oh, that's next year. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Lock the L doors and windows tonight, then. Uh, <laughs> But uh, what was I going to say? So yeah, so um, this is not obviously spoiling anything, but as the night goes on, there is an unexpectedly low turnout of violence. Therefore, the NFFA introduce... Plan B. They, they send people in. Totally up. They like, bring totally in the unexpected. Nazis. They do bring in the Nazis. You can always rely on the old Nazis to go and fuck up everybody's life. Yeah. Because they make such a point throughout the film. At the beginning, before the purge actually begins, they make such a point of showing that even though this community has its issues in terms of Dimitri and his drug gangs and, yeah. and, and all the rest of the lads not doing, not doing great for the local area, everybody knows everybody's name. There is a real sense of community within this place. This is the kind of leave your door open, give a cup of sugar you know, down the road, whatever type of a place. They deliberately go out of their way to do that. So then you're going, why would these people then do this to each other? Yes. Because as we've seen in, say, in Anarchy, where we saw the group of lads going around in the van in order to catch people, in order to sell them on and all the rest of it, it was a deliberately outside of your community type of a person that you were looking for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're right, actually, this this film doesn't excellent job of like you know who these characters are as mm. the film goes on even if I'd look I'll I'll be honest the film is not written perfectly there's issues no. there is some cliches that's fine but mm. all of the characters I feel are pretty well defined in this mm. and this is the kind of you, this is film four in a series if you don't have good mm. characters you kind of don't really have much of a story because mm. um, you know there's going to be a purge so why should I yeah. care but I do care yeah. about each and every one of these characters, even even the three lads, even the three. the th Yes, exactly. Sorry, the, th the three lads, they're, you know, kind of the old, the old guard. Stooges. Almost. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sitting there. And I love how kind of relaxed everyone is at the start, kind of, because obviously then there are some people who are very much not relaxed at the start. Mm. But when people are queuing up to sign up for the experiment, these three lads are sitting there in their deck chairs going, Ah, can you believe this shit? Like, what? What's you know? What's going on? You have Dimitri, um, who is I really like his character. There again, issues, but I really like his character. And he's initially, he's more. I think he's aware, and just wants to not be a part of things. Um, mm. I well, think, his yeah. his whole thing, and and I get this as the head of his. I'm going to say primarily drug gang that appears yeah. to be their their biggest thing they, they like they have guns and stuff but it appears that it, that it's mostly about kind of drug dealing and that um his biggest thing is that he's afraid that a rival gang will use this as an excuse to take over or to, to you know to make a move on him and he also he's as worried about another gang doing it that as he is about um the police doing it He's yeah. worried that the police will use this as an opportunity to actually come in and clear out these gangs because he doesn't want to move his gang off the island because all of their money is there and all of yeah. their blah, blah, blah. Is there Moving all, all their product and everything, yeah. yeah. There's yeah. actually, do you know what, you've just reminded there really quickly, when you were saying as well about this film is steeped in Black Lives Matter, mm -hmm. there is a few shots um, 
as I think we're, we're coming up to the, the last few minutes before the experiment begins. And it's people rushing home and closing up their businesses. And there's so many signs painted that says black owned. Yeah. Because I, I remember I was, uh, I, I read and watched another fabulous, fabulous book uh, there in the last year. It's called The Hate You Give. And it's, oh, very rich, yeah. uh, it, it, I, I think it's, it's very, very good. Um, it mm-hmm. is effectively, it's, a what if of another shooting, but the community basically rises up um, and there is a little bit of inner, like gangs trying to take advantage of us, but in it, um, yeah, a way to kind of spare the business, black owned, black owned, black owned. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I and that. Oh yeah. And, and the point that the NFFA are trying to make, well, aside from the fact that, you know, go hurt them over there, don't hurt us. Yeah. And then, suit our needs whatever um is is that these people will these people and it's very much in in us and them you know and a dehumanization through that um but these people will do this to each other they will turn on each other yeah and then that means then that we can show the rest of the kind of the the centrists or the the nice middle class people we can say well look they did yep. this to themselves, so do you know what? Leave them off. This is proof. We have the murders on tape. We have all of this. We've controlled the narrative in terms of the media that you're seeing. You can see this murder happening. We're not going to bother showing you the street parties um, or just the people having the crack, or we're not going to show you the church where people are literally hiding out because they needed to stay on the island because they needed the money, which you know we can talk about that in a minute. Yep. Um, but, you know, all they want to do is survive the night. We're not going to show you that. We're going to show you these people turning on each other. And therefore we can go, well, sure, look at black on black crime. It's not white people. Yeah. And you're going like these hun. people a nice with no punishment and look what they do to each other. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. When you're going like, firstly, right. You're paying people $5,000 to stay on the island. That is a monumental amount of money for some of these people. Exactly. Like, know. why does Isaiah do it? Because the apartment's leaking the whole time. You know, there's, you know, the faucets are broken, everything about, and it's maybe a little heavy-handed, but it, like, that's the yeah, whole point. Yeah, but you point. know what? No, but you know what? So what? Yeah. Because if they took their bleeding $5,000 per person and actually spent it doing up the projects and fixing the leak and doing all of that and trying to get drugs off the streets or trying to get mental health services for Skeletor because that is what that man needs, not a gun. Yeah. Um, you know, why don't we spend the money? You have the $5,000, which means per person, which means you have the money. But you're just choosing to create this lab rat situation, this experiment, call it what you want, it's disgusting, Mm -hmm. um, in order to try and prove a point that even when it's not proved, you'll you'll manipulate a way to prove it to the rest of the world so that you can go on doing this um, year on year and build on it. So, like, it's beyond... I don't care that it's heavy-handed because you're going, do you know what? Look at some of the stuff Trump did. Trump allowed, now I'm not exactly suggesting Biden came in and fixed everything, but Trump allowed kids to be separated from their parents and put in cages. Do you know what I mean? That, that happened in the real world. If, if you can, if you can think, think back to when, say, the first film came out, what was it, 2013, mm. I think. 2013, yeah. Mm. If you'd said to me that the President of the United States was going to be putting kids in cages, I would have been like, ma, now, it's a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and then you have the uh, election year, which the world, perhaps naively again, thought Hillary's going to walk this. Mm. Um, and this is going to be, I see now, I, I do feel, and we talked about this as well, I do feel Charlie Rowan was a slightly fictionalized Hillary Clinton. But, oh, yeah. You know. But in the same way, once it went 2008, you couldn't possibly have um, a version of an American president in your TV show or film without it being a black man. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, that was just, yeah, yeah was that so was un- how you rolled. Um. And then there was actually, so here, here's one thing. Now, may, maybe we did, I had completely forgotten this scene uh, existed in the film. Um, you have, oh, her name's escaped me now. Uh, lead character, this is a bit bad, Sean. Naya. Thank you very much. Don't know why that, so that went out of my head. Right, Naya is going to find Isaiah. She gets tripped and dragged toward a gr- uh, event. Um, mm-hmm. And then this hand comes up out of the darkness and grabs around her privates. Mm-hmm. You know, she manages to get away and she screams back, pussy grabbing motherfucker. Yeah. Completely. That was Trump and his comments about grab her by the pussy. Yeah. And like that, that. And I, I think, you yeah. know how I feel about sexual violence being included in film or TV or whatever. I'm, I'm really, really, really particular about it because so often it's done it's just handled terribly and as i said before i'm a rape culture specialist like i have a phd in it i know what i'm talking about it grinds my gears as soon as i hear sexual violence and something i'm like i want to see how it's done right i love how that is done because firstly obviously you know thankfully nothing incredibly traumatic happens to the woman and mm. you know she kicks him and, and gets away and all the rest of it and um, there's nothing glamorized in it but it's so deliberately in there to be like this is the reality of what you said. You might say, just locker room talk, just the lads chatting, just banter, just blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. This is the reality. We've rape culture on a spectrum with the physical act of sexual violence on one end and your comments, your locker room talk, your banter, your whatever on the other. And those things are connected. Mm-hmm. You are responsible. So it's a massive like screw you to anybody who thinks you can go around talking like that and there's no consequences to it. These are the consequences. People think that they can do that. And you might say, oh, well, I never think you do that. It doesn't matter. You're saying that to somebody. You're an influential person. And you're an influential person if you're the president of the United States. You're also an influential person if you are the alpha, for want of a better term, in your football team or in your group of lab mates or in your whatever. Do you know what I mean? If you go around making comments like this, there's somebody looking up to you thinking, Oh, well, they said it, they do it, they whatever. This is okay. So these are the consequences. So I actually think it's, it's handled very, very well, but I think it's, inc- it's very, very short, but it's incredibly important. As opposed to, look, we got to talk about some of the bad points in the film. Like the whole, you know, there are chases in the film that come on, just cut that shit out. Like when Skeletor and everybody is chasing Isaiah around the, around the building and his phone is fucking vibrating and you're it, like, oh, well, you wouldn't hold, have that. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it also doesn't further the plot. It doesn't do, but it, it, but it doesn't make a point. Time. Exactly. Yeah. At least look, the, the bit where, where, you know, she's, she's attacked like that. It, no, it doesn't directly further the plot, but it makes point. Whereas Isaiah being chased around for ages and then the phone ringing and all the rest of it. We're wasting time here, lads. Stop yeah. the messing. Hmm, there we go. As much as my other, one of my other, now this is a minor bugbear, 
that again people are going to be like she's gone on my glasses in the last film now she's talking about this year yes i as a glasses wear and somebody working opticians for years it bothers me if you do not wear contact lenses you are not capable of just popping them into your eyes yep um, trust me you're not oh 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 i trust you oh, and you, you know. know i trust me yeah mm-hmm. because uh, at a party one or two years ago uh, mm. I decided to get coloured contact lenses. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes until I was finally smart enough to go, Harold, you know the way you're an optician? Seconds. <laughs> Seconds. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It, it, I trained people. I, I'm not an optician, by the way, but I was, I was trained and, and qualified to, to teach people how to put in and take out contact lenses safely. Um, and, I mean, I can do them myself. Well, like, you know, we own eyes closed, basically. But impressive. <laughs> but I know from <laughs> I know, yeah. That's how good I am. I know from training people how to do it for years. Firstly, and we, we're going gender stereotype here, and I'm allowed because it's just true. Men are so much worse at putting contacts in than women when they're learning. Once you learn, it's grand. But oh, when I they're learning, they're really, to really argue bad. With that one, yeah. Because in general, they have larger fingers, and in general, they have not worn eye makeup so they're not used to poking their eye understandable no yeah understandable like unless you have a reason to be near your eyes for example putting on yeah any any, any kind of eye makeup or yeah. yeah so yeah i was uh i was crap at it absolutely crap at it I, so I, it, it bothers me that the new founding fathers didn't pop in the lenses particularly given that they were colored fancy schmancy lenses look they looked class in I terms agree. Of I think the they film because good. of the lighting, but please just give them a pair of glasses with the camera. In it. You, look, you obviously have the technology, so we don't need it in the contact lenses. Stick a bit of pair of glasses, and we'll just get over that. It's a minor bugbear of mine, but it is something that annoyed me. I agree, and I felt I I get I I felt it sort of went. It made it a bit too futuristic, almost yeah, a bit black you know, mirror, a bit. You know, it's not mm. that we don't have technology that can do things like that. Like we do. But not on mass. Not on yeah. James Bond or something, but like we don't do it on mass. I mean, wouldn't I mean? Not only am I giving it to you for free, I'm also giving you five grand. Hmm. This country is not more if you purge. That's and that's one thing that's never actually brought up again after the first statement of like payment scale. Yeah, yeah. It's like so. What is it like? You know, if you break a window, it's a dollar. You know, if it's Mm -hmm. you break a neck. It's fifty dollars, you know. Yeah. Which is also immediately, and maybe that's why they don't go into it because then they're like, okay, so we are putting a price on a life, and it's this. Yeah. 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 Also, what's to stop the new founding fathers just going in and say, taking the, the the characters such as Skeletor who have gone on this whopper rampage, and to be honest, he's too much of a loose cannon oh, for God, their yeah. narrative going out in the next year. They'd get rid of him anyway. Hundred percent. Yeah. Like, you know, if there was one person, I mean, I, I realize this is, I suppose, a trope of film, but if there was one person who you know will not make it through this film, it's going to be Skeletor. Now, whatever. And I ain't happen, crying over his death. It's not a Joe moment. It's most definitely not a Joe moment. No. He is, in a way, he, he's a very interesting character because he is completely one note, but it actually, I feel it works. Oh, it, he fits. He fits. Yeah. What he, look, to be honest, this is actually a bit more ensemble cast than the others in terms of, as I said, the, the older lads and 
do you know, the, the, we've the architect and that crack going on, we've the Nazis going on, we've all our bits and our bobs. Mm. Dolores. It's kind of ensemble Huh? Dolores, who I love. Oh, Dolores. Wonderful. Um, so we've, we've kind of a lot of characters. So I don't actually mind him being one note because he does what he does very well. Mm. I do think he is actually quite a tragic character because that is a man who has been failed. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, that man has exactly. just been failed. You also, know, like if, he, if you can walk he needs help. These, yeah, if you can walk into one of these NFF, like they said, they were being psychologically assessed. It's like, yeah. What? Okay, obviously, no, they weren't. Uh, well, well, they were to see who they, they, they were to see who they could push. Yeah. To see where there are people who they genuinely thought would go so far as to take a life. Because even Dimitri has his whole thing about, um, I can't remember what his line is now, but like that, you know, actually taking a life is, it does something to you or it takes a part of your soul. I can't remember what it was he, he says exactly, but um, it, you know, killing comes from the damaged heart. That's what he says. I have it there in front of me. Oh, you know, like the, the, it's not, it's not something that you can just do. Like that's actually, you know? Isaiah is a good example of that because mm. he stays on the island. He lies yeah. to Nyan and says, I'm going to mm. uncle's house in, mm. I think it's Queens. Yeah. And you know, what he's got to do is he had a run in with Skeletor. Skeletor cut his neck, not enough to obviously kill him. But, you know, so Isaiah wants revenge. This is a night of legal crime. He goes, gets his, you know, gets his contact lenses, gets a gun, is in a situation then where he has the gun to Skeletor's head and Skeletor laughs at him and says, go on. Yeah. Go on, go on, do it. And that, it's really annoys me because he stands so close. And look, I get it. He's scared. He doesn't really want to do it. He doesn't know what's going on. There's a whole pile of things, Grant, I'm with you. But like, why are you standing close enough to him in order for him to just grab that gun? It's because he's a, like, and he is, I think, slightly successfully done. He's a scared little boy trying yeah, to be a Yeah, no, man. he is. Um, but but again, it's the same mistake. as, it's like the minor thing about Skeletor rocking up to that party. Literally everybody knows everybody. Skeletor is oh, yeah. a very distinctive looking man. Why has nobody gone, lads, Skeletor is here. He goes around cutting people in broad daylight at the best of times. Mm. Mm. I'm out. Yeah, and like I always, yeah, always, I've seen it twice, but when the girl starts dancing with him, yeah, why? Yeah, it, it's silly. It stopped the mess and cop on. It doesn't, why can't we just have him walk into the crowd, even nobody notice him, and exactly. then he starts Everyone's killing. Everyone's too either high Because or the lighting is amazing throughout. Yes. Oh, it's so scary. It's so like, I can't quite see. I don't quite know what's going on. There's no candy girl car lit up like a Christmas mm. tree. And, and it's why the contacts work in terms of their color. The lighting is wonderful. It really, really reminds me of, do you know, in um, the first season of The Mandalorian where, no, I'm going to get this wrong now, where Mando is, he's actually chasing, it's the first time we really see Mando be a Mandalorian and he's actually chasing people around the ship and the, the lights are flashing. And it's, it's very interesting because it's, it's one of only time, a few times where we actually see the chase scene from the point of view of the chaser and we're rooting for the chaser. Um, and it's this flashing light and he keeps appearing and disappearing and reappearing and blah, blah, blah. And you're kind of going, what you can't see is much more frightening. Yeah. Don't much show more frightening than blood and guts. Way more frightening. It's why I prefer horror and theater as opposed to horror and, and film because mm. 
it's what you can't see is, is much more frightening. But it really works throughout this whole film. They really keep it up. Um, and in it, and it also helps to, for me to kind of tie all of the bits of the story together because even then we have the whole Dimitri and, and the gang goes over on one side and they're doing all their dealings and the other lad, you know, his, his soldier turns on him and tries to get him killed and blah, blah, blah. But because it's all under this cover of nightfall and darkness and what's going, who, where, who can you trust, what's going on, what can I see? Even though Dimitri has nothing to do with the purge for like three quarters of the film, mm. it, it all works. I'm like, yeah, I'm with you. It's all happening the same night. I can see it happening on the same streets. We're all good. Yeah. Sorry, Rants Actually, uh, are good. Rants are fun. Uh, I really like Dimitri. There are, yeah. he is, he is the utterer of the worst line in the film, which I will get to, yes. but he is a fant- I think he's a great character. Um, mm. If I had one criticism, it's that he's too young because he is the actor clearly the, character. the actor um, okay. because he's clearly quite a paternal figure in yeah. the community. Um, and, uh, and I think that's really shown not so much between him and Naya or him and Isaiah, but with him and the guy who I can only remember as basketball kid. Yeah. Like he's very kind of, I am your coach. I am, I, uh, you know, I am someone to look up to, which is grand. There's nothing wrong with that, but he seems to be potentially a bit too young for this. Now, later on, mm. as the film goes on, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I get it, I get it, I get it. But only thing I'd say about that is that, firstly, they were probably looking for somebody who could then believably be as fit as he needs to be yeah. when he goes Superman at the end. But also, arguably, he grew up in a life where he grew up very, very fast. Yeah. Um, and matured very, very young. Also, he's living a life with a very low life expectancy between prison and death. That is true. So actually, you would become the elder statesman very young. Yeah, that makes sense. And you'd, ha- you'd have to be wise because mm. presumably... It's the only way you stay alive. Yeah. And yeah. You, you would also have to spot the threats coming. So like, for example, he spots your man turning on him and he, he, you know, he knows what to do and all the rest of it. You'd, you'd have to be savvy. Yeah, like probably his rubbishest moment rubbishest oh god anyway rubbishest moment as a strategist yeah is the lack of looking out for drones the second rubbishest moment <laughs> of strategism uh is the girls yeah um and i actually so this all of this scene and the immediate aftermath are strong contenders for stop the messing because of mm-hmm. the way that they're dressed up and mm. but i actually think the fact that they are dressed up as trashy as they are mm. to play these, what well, let's call them what they are. They're hookers in this. Um, I feel it works. Sex because, workers, but okay. Thank you very much. I apologize. Yeah, <laughs> sex workers. Um, and what I think as well is that when the, the immediate betrayal that everyone saw coming a mile off, except Dimitri, um, mm-hmm. when that ends and they're just straight with them, they're like, Listen, he offered us more money than you've ever offered us. Mm. You know, it was our ticket out of this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, do you know what? Bit hard to argue yeah. with that. And it's kind of nice in terms of linking that in with the concept of being paid to purge and all the rest of it. And you're going, do you know what? Needs must. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I I guess I understand. What, so he, 
he lets them go anyway. So um, he lets them go. And I because guess his whole thing is he only murders when he has to, when he feels he has to. I mean, define yeah, that. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's his thing. Um, and you know, they name well. They knew because your man Capital A never showed mm-hmm. up for work that night, so he knew straight away. Really, yeah. something was up. So yeah, yeah, they ambush him and his men. Grand. Uh, yeah, he gives a bit of a speech about being the king and shooting him and everything. Then he says, right, take care of his men, which is done so kind of nonchalantly that it's a good way to kind of remind us, Dimitri is not a good He's guy. He's not a good person, yeah. Yeah, he is, he, is, he is not the hero. He is directly responsible, let's be honest, for a lot of the kind of um, community issues that are going on. He has been supplying, well, as mm-hmm. when Skeletor comes up to Isaiah, um, the first thing he says is, you know, I think it's give me either, give me, but basically he's talking about supply. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned in his NFFA interview that, you know, he bites down on the pipe. So basically he's mm-hmm. smoking crack. Yeah. Uh, crack or meth. But I, I think yeah. pipe is gen. I don't know. Um, I, I'm really stupid when I have genuinely no idea. And so Dimitri has been supplying him. Now, mm-hmm. indirectly, it's steps mm-hmm. after steps after steps. But, you know, Dimitri, you are in some part responsible for some of the things going on. Not all of them, but yeah, yeah. for some of the things going on. And you have also po- um, profited from issues that you have either created or stoked. Yeah. And there does seem to be a bit of a strange dichotomy in the way he's both shown and reacted to. So, like, those, the Three Stooges men, they're like, oh, Dimitri, it's nice to see you. How are you? How are you? And then not five minutes later, they are judging Isaiah for standing on a street corner. And he says, look, if you want a real job, come down the shop. And it's just like, I mean, I get it that they're being, you know, Isaiah is supposed to be this nice kid and we must respect him. It's like, yeah, but you were pally pally with Dimitri there two minutes ago. So there's a bit of, as I said, there's a bit of a disconnect dichotomy almost. Maybe when you're so high up, he's almost seen as what he's not at the level of street pusher you know he's but also he's he's untouchable he probably gives back i mean come on you know we're not excusing anything he has done but he probably gives back in some ways he probably offers some kinds of protection or whatever it is um but also even if the men would bitch about him going sure look at Dimitri he was a lovely kid but sure listen this is what he is now he's too far gone there ain't no stopping there whereas Isaiah is at that critical point where you're like we've two paths Mm. and you've a choice yeah also I'm terrified your sister is going to come and beat me up if I don't make sure that you don't do this oh there's that I I don't think no I'm trying to remember I don't think capital A hired Isaiah um, I'm trying to because Dimitri certainly seems to think no, I didn't know he was one of my corners. Mm. Um, but Dimitri but, is that disconnected that he wouldn't know who's yeah. on his corners. I think he's even partly convinced himself that he's a a, a businessman. Oh yeah, like he, you definitely you're right. You definitely get that. You know, kind of oh, it's all it's all just business. It's never personal, which is a mm. very easy way to talk yourself out of feeling responsible for. Mm supply and demand and Mm -hmm. i don't know nearly enough about any of that to put too much comments on us but yeah um but he is very much then i think after the assassination really of capital a he's started to be painted as kind of a good guy from here on out he's quite he he goes a bit jason borney 
He does a bit, yes. and we'll yeah, we'll we'll talk about. It's a bit away. much. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. Let's be honest. Like the only reason when he decides, so we know now at this point, coming towards the end of the film, we know that the Nazis are deliberately being sent into these specific buildings that are the center of the project, the center of the community. If these are exploded, if these are destroyed, you know, this will really give the effect that they want. This will cause massive backlash. This will cause revenge. This will show that actually this community tore itself apart at the very heart, right? So we know that, right? So they're on the way. So Dimitri and his crew are like, we can't have this happening. The only person who can ruin this community is me with me drugs. I mean, sorry, um, nobody can ruin this community. Um, so I'm off to protect them. And he's off with his crew. And next of all, the drones come in and kill every single person in his crew except him. Leading to an actually quite poignant moment where he looks over some of his crew members and it is, it is there, there's a genuine kind of moment of reflection and sadness. Yeah. But the entire point of that is to make him a lone wolf. And, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. If that's what you want to do in the context of the film, that's grand. But why weren't you just looking out for drones? And why use drones anyway? I mean, like if say, so I'm the NFFA, mm -hmm. drones are going to get, they are going to get traced. Come on. In this first well, not year. If the, not if they send in, let's be honest, the kind of honest police and medical services and whatever are not going to want to go into Staten Island tomorrow morning. So it is believable that the NFFA are that overly confident that they can go in and clean it up themselves. But, also it, what, but I'm with you. Yeah, th 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 there's one other thing. Just, I think, before we get into the terror raid, there's one other thing that they're clearly overly confident about that. It, it, it hit me both times I was watching this going like, so are they just, they're just kind of relying on the fact that no one's going to ask where Marissa Tomei went. Mm, yes. And I think that's, um, I totally believe that, like that, get rid of any witnesses. She, in her cold, dispassionate search for the data, mm -hmm. uh, she goes and yeah, she's the one, you know, it's kind of, kind of through her eyes that we learn the Nazis have been sent in from mm -hmm. outside of Staten Island. Um, or, or maybe they were placed there ahead of time. Um, and, you know, she's outraged. She's shocked. You know, you've completely skewed the data. And your man Arlo, which is a hilarious name, um, mm. he walks in and he's like, you know, well, basically, what exactly did you think was going to happen if you mm. tried to expose us? Or, you know, we're talking Look about... Look what we're doing. Exactly. This is a night of legalized crime. Your idea, I might remind you so bye um and yeah so she is i'm, I'm disappointed because marissa tomei is a better actress than she is given uh, a death scene for like she's just a, a on an ipad we see her be shot in the head um so yeah she's just taken out and your man goes oh we must uh, delete that footage um i'm just like oh Anyone going to check in with the architect of the experiment to see her reaction in the day after? No? Okay. No? Maybe just me? You know, she is then shown, effectively killed off screen on an iPad. And yeah. I was just thinking, so is... Is no one going to think that the day after the great experiment, mm -hmm. people might want to check in with the architect of said experiment to get her thoughts and feedback? Where did she yep. go? 
but easy enough to control the narrative to say that um, it turned out that she couldn't cope with the uptake in violence and she felt some guilt over this, even though it was a massive success and she, you know, went off and did something to herself. It's easy enough to control that narrative. But one thing that really annoys me is the fact that they bother recording her death. I know they do it so that they can do it off screen and then yeah. just show it and then say, delete this footage. And you're like, but like, just don't record it in the first, don't leave receipts. Yes. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah, it's digital paperwork is what this is. Um, and it's, it, that would be one of my kind of down marks against the film. I don't mm-hmm. think, if you're going to introduce a character like that, either give her more to do mm-hmm. um, or make it Arlo. Do you know what I mean? Kind of combine the characters. Yeah, I feel like they're just trying to, now I'm completely making this up, but I feel like they're just trying to have an L reference to the Hunger Games in terms of architect of the of the Hunger Games itself. And again, going link it to reality in terms of, well, what would the Hunger Games look like in real life? This is actually what it would look like. It's yeah, not so dystopian yeah. after all. So possibly. Now, that is completely speculative and maybe I'm giving them too much credit and maybe they just wanted to, you know, have another female in there or whatever it is. Um, but her character is a little bit superfluous. Uh, yeah, and considering she should be quite an important character. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, that was that was something. Also, um, I think I said this on our previously recorded version of this Um her first scene, she's standing beside Arlo being interviewed and she's mm-hmm. in Staten Island. She clearly isn't. They are standing on a terrible green screen. Yeah. It's uh, uh, surprisingly because the rest of them looks great, I have to say. Uh, like Visually, the film is very, very good. But it's just like, clearly they only had Marissa Tomei for a couple of days or something. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it does, no, it is, it is very obvious that that's what they're doing there. Um, unless they're trying to do now again I may probably give me far too much credit here but unless they're trying to do that deliberately in order to show that that's what's being shown to the world was that she's there because we have this whole nonsense of we're all Staten Island tonight which is really reminiscent of kind of Charlie Hawhey-esque you know we're living beyond our means biggest hypocrite in Ireland at the time you know and, mm. and that's that's what really rung true for me unless they're trying to do that I'm probably giving it too much credit and she probably just wasn't available uh, I, I, all readings are valid readings <laughs> um, um, but but yeah this all you know we, we we're all Staten Island we're, we're all Staten Islanders like no you aren't because your whole thing is let them them over there preferably them not white people do this to um, themselves because you know we inherited a problem and something had to be done and some group has to suffer and this is all the NFFA bullshit that we hear at the end you know yeah um, and that, that's that's what this is about. And you're like, well, do you know what? That group were already suffering. And again, with the five grand each, pop that into an old, you know, housing project or community outreach, and you might have actually fixed the problems. Yeah, like you knew Get what people this jobs was. and, you know. You knew what this was. You knew what was happening. Um, can you still hear me? Dang it. So just just take your five grand per person, invest that in the community, invest that in people, and actually you'll start to see the changes that will benefit 
will actually benefit society as a whole because then you have happier people, you have people in education, you have people in work, contributing members of society and actually will fix a lot of the problems that you think you have instead of actually trying to further marginalise a community that's already been marginalised. So yeah, obviously the NFFA are wrong at like all points and all everything thought processes, basically yep. everything is wrong about them. Um, there was, now it was slightly necessary exposition, but there is a moment of exposition. And I think it's, if not the exact scene with the drones, then it's maybe a few seconds before that. And it's one of Dimitri's men looks at the ink on the, uh, one of the downed mercs. And he's, I mean, it does make sense to me that someone who is quite heavily involved in crime would have a working knowledge of the worldwide criminal network. Yeah. But he really does seem to know an awful lot about mercenaries. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, just, it's, I, grand, it's necessary. I get it. But it was just like, yeah. you've, you've done your time on Wikipedia, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, but I mean, we kind of, we get it in terms of the kind of hearing the Russian accents on the radios and, you know, that kind of thing. But I suppose, yeah. Uh, we'll give it a little bit of exposition now. We'll 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 leave it off. I don't know. Yeah, it's a bit. I like, mean, they yeah. are Nazis. Yeah, it was kind of like they they are what they are. They're also, I think, one of the most casually horrible scenes of the film is where they're just walking out of the church. Oh no! Oh, I can't can't deal can't because you see them going in there. You see actual hoods going in there. I think, and you're just like that. I, do, I like I don't I don't care what your beliefs are I don't care who you think has wronged you I don't care what you think is going on you've walked into a church mm. and murdered mm -hmm. people who were cowering yep and defenseless yep. and who deliberately went to that church because that was a place that they felt safe and they were with their community you've walked into the heart of that community and ripped it apart for your own pleasure you like you're beyond scum like mm-hmm and also, I mean, like, while, you know, Naya gets back there, we, we meet up with Selena and her mom. Later on, we, we find out that Dolores survived, thank God. But mm -hmm. there was a room full of very small children in there. Yeah. 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 And, and you're just like, it, it, it's one thing, even if these racist scum want to go in and take out the drug gangs and take out this and take out that, like, I don't condone it in any way, but like, you know, at least I can kind of get how they justify it to themselves but mm. this um this going in walking into a church everybody knows you know that that people are claiming sanctuary in a church that's something that has gone on you know since the dawning of time um and it just makes me think almost of the um the mass shooting i think it was in charleston where the mm. 17 year old kid i think it was a young guy anyway yeah. walked into a church pulled out machine yeah. gun you're yeah. just like i mean Unfortunately, I, I, I do not, and I don't know if I ever will understand the thought process behind that kind of thing, but this is a massacre. And it's, yeah. it's, handled, it's handled very well because it's so casual. Yeah. And it clearly, it means nothing to these men. Yeah. Um, they see the innocent children they've just murdered. They, they have dehumanized them to a point that they don't actually see their own kids or, you know, innocent children in general or like they don't i oh i can't i can't can't go but it, like it's yeah. it's done very very well but it's um it's it's brutal it is it is now so that so i do cheer 
for Dimitri when he becomes mm-hmm. um, Superman slash or da- Jason Bourne slash John Wick. Daredevil as well, because I think mm-hmm. the 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 stairwell fight, which I think is, I was actually checking it again today, just to see. Hang on, is 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 this a oneer? Is this a oneer? And then I started like, okay, now there's a few cuts, but that's okay because people are going to get hurt. But yeah. that's a really really well choreographed fight. Um, it's beautiful. And yes, Dimitri has flooded the streets of the place with drugs. Yes, mm-hmm. Dimitri has been responsible for death and destruction. Yes, I am absolutely cheering for Dimitri in this scene. Well, I mean, he, the, you know, we, the, we, we have a thing about the Purge series and its imagery. Like it does, it does imagery well. It does. He strangles a man, a racist, a Nazi to death who is wearing blackface caricature. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's powerful. The scene is too long. It's awkward. He has definitely already taken his life by the time he lets go of his neck. Um, but it works because it's so poignant. Yep. There was a, there was one thing that I don't blame the scene for doing this, but I think films in general do this too much when you have um, a strangulation scene it always goes on to the point where you hear the neck break. I'm like, no, like you've yeah. killed him. You, you, like you've killed yeah. him whether you've broken his neck or not. Like, yeah. you know. Um, so I was kind of, actually, it was sitting there on my head going like, all right, neck break is coming in five, four, three. There it is. Um, and that's just, like, the first purge is not the only film to do this at all. So, yeah. you know. Um, and as you say as well, so we got the horrible, horrible imagery. This, this is also, again, a sort of a casually brutal scene if they're just walking through the levels of the building, mm-hmm. just executing people. Um, yeah. And you, get, you, you give these people, or these, sorry, I, I give these people a bit of a pass for cowering at home because it's the first purge. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a sort of a, well, if I stay inside, yeah, you know, maybe. And, you know, I'm armed, so I should be okay. No, not at all. This but is horrible. I mean, look, look at how we all behave during the pandemic. This, this concept of, oh, well, it doesn't matter if there's raves or like, and I'm talking absolute height of the pandemic. It doesn't matter if there's raves and stuff going on. I'm staying at home in me gaff with me clean hands. I'm grand. Mm. I don't expect the rave to come to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know exactly. what I mean? and, Actually, it's good. Good comparison. Yep. Yeah, why, why wouldn't you think, do you know what? I'll stay in my, in my gaff, I'll mind me on business, I'll turn the lights off, I'll go to bed, wake up in the morning, hope all of this has passed me by. As we see in the Purge Anarchy at the very end, that that's what the lovely middle classes get to do. Yes, exactly, yes. You know? The barriers on the doors and the windows and fast asleep because they're not, they're not afraid. They're not in those poor places. Exactly. Um, so it's it is reasonable but they're moving through it as if as if they're fumigators or something again the dehumanization going on is just and i think nearly nearly every film has to have some form of big bad and for this it's the guy dressed Hmm. directly like a stormtrooper uh like an ss yeah i mean the leather's a bit it's a bit ridiculous and it looks very restrictive i mean like yeah I, i mean it's at that point, we've we've seen that they're Nazis. We've seen the KKK stuff. We've seen all of the iconography and the and the imagery going on. Like it, it nearly looks like your man has um like a fake jaw that's made to look him like made to try and make him look like the perfect Aryan man. Or you know, it's a mm. bit much. It's very, it's very like as you say, this film subtle as a brick. Um, yeah, and 
Yeah, it's a. He looks like a cartoon villain, which it it kind of takes away for me from the actual scumminess of the people who are doing this because it's so ridiculous. It's so it's pantomime almost. Yeah, um, exactly. Like there's no. And it I didn't mean, need to be. No, I don't think so. Not not that you would, but yeah, there would be no conversating with these people. Like even an election year, um, head Nazi. He gets stuff to say. You you don't mm. you don't side with him, out of, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but you know he kind of gets something of a personality. Mm. This guy is. He has the jacket. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and also I, I don't think he gets to say very much anyway because by the time they get to Naya's apartment, um, uh, I'm fine by the way with how this kind of this whole thing ends. Of course, Skeletor turns up. Of course, it because there. Of course, he was. You know, um, I mean, and, like he he had to exactly, yeah. Because, like I said, if there was one person you knew wasn't making it through this film, mm-hmm. um, and in fairness to him, I guess, um, you know, he comes in and takes out a couple of the Nazis. Good man, Skeletor, yeah. the secret hero Good we didn't know we were rooting for. Exactly, and he he ends up, you know, distracting them long enough to let them get away. And like, look, it's all we know what's going to happen. It, it, exactly, it's like the only question is. Will it be by gun, by knife, mm. or oh, okay, so someone brought some C4. Grand. There yeah. you go. Um, but, but I'm okay with that because actually I have to say, Dimitri on his lone wolf stuff throughout the building, and they lay it on a bit thick about how he knows the building better than everybody else because he's from the area and all mm. the rest of it. But that whole chase, that whole scene, it actually it works really, really well for me. And I don't mind when he gets to the apartment and he's with them and we've Dolores and her and her one-liners Dolores is wonderful she's just wonderful character um and I don't mind how prescriptive look we know they're going to survive we want them to survive it's cool I'm I'm fine with that how it happens it's all good yeah exactly and it's grand you know he still Dimitri still takes a bullet because of course he does because the hero cannot get out of this unscathed Um, but like that's it. Then, yeah, he shoots the C4. Skeletor is dead. He's been shot by the Nazis. Uh, the Nazis then burn, and then those infamous sirens go off, you know? Mm-hmm. And then everyone kind of breathes a sigh of relief, and that's all great. Then we get the worst line of the film, which unfortunately happens to be the closing line of the film, not including the mid credit sequence. Mm-hmm. And Naya, who has been such a strong character for the entire film, Mm-hmm. looks at Dimitri and he goes, well, what do we do now? And he goes, yeah. we fight. And it's like, lads, could you not have ended this? Even at the sirens, that would have been fine. You know, or, or even even if even if we wanted them, you know, that bit where they're walking through and Dolores is like, leave him, let him through. Dimitri saved us all, even though she's been slagging him off the whole film. Yeah. because She's, you know, she's like a terrible person. Even just leave it with that, where we go, actually, do you know what? This community is now going to rally. Because Dimitri has proven that he's a very good leader. So actually, if you put his leadership skills to good, you mm. know, we'd be gone somewhere. So I wouldn't even mind if we leave it with Dolores being like, this is Dimitri. He saved us. Dimitri saved us. We're going to be grand. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just that. Oh, guys, that was just, it was just one sentence yeah. too far, I think. Um, no, it doesn't. I, mean, I I am lactose intolerant, and I and I nearly vomited at that point. Now, Do you <laughs> <know what> I mean, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, the whiff of breathe that came off the statements. Yeah, 
Um, exactly. And then, because it leads to a kind of an awkward credit roll, but then the credits cut to, again, this guy Arlo, doing exactly what we knew he was going to do from the beginning, mm-hmm. telling everyone how successful it was and how yeah. great it was. And we're hearing from next year, we might even be able to roll out the nationwide purge. Yeah. And But I mean, yeah. this is, this is, we talked about controlling the narrative the whole way through. This is watch Fox news and watch CNN tell the same story. Yeah. And the way you can spin things now, Fox news take it so far as to lie half the time. But the way you can spin things, do you know what I mean? You can spin anything. So we knew it was going to be spun like this. Yeah. But I think yeah. the film is a call to action against this. I, I, I think so, because as you say, this was the one that was produced and released during the time mm-hmm. of Trump. As you mm-hmm. very correctly said, January 6th was a horrible uh, mm-hmm. little... I'm, I'm glad it wasn't worse. It was bad enough, yeah. but I'm glad it yeah. wasn't worse. Um, and I mean, he will run again in 24, so we'll see what happens. Um, you would like to think that this era, this type of, this is a dystopia, even though it's now in the past, this is a dystopia, you know? Yeah. The Um, only thing I think about 2024 is that he's kind of lost. There's kind of been a lot of kind of simmering down because he and this is my favorite part of it all i don't know why but he, he he's not even allowed to have a pinterest account that just it just makes me so happy that is hilarious i, I did i didn't know about the pinterest i knew about the yeah. other ones all right no and and i would assume it's actually probably to do with you know um conglomerates or whatever or like companies that own something own something yeah. else and they just whatever but it just makes me so happy i don't know why it just really makes me happy that he's not allowed to have pinterest but because of that like there has been a a huge cooling off period so it's entirely possible that actually by the time 2024 rolls around that the vaguely more normal or at least self-preserving republicans will not want him to be the nomination i hope so i do, do you know? because the electoral system is ridiculous in the states oh, um, like the fact that it's a two-party system although I mean, God love Sinn Féin, keep trying, but it's effectively a two-party system here as well. Uh, yeah, but at least it's, at least a vote in Dublin is the same, has the same weight as a vote in, you know, Leitrim or something like that, as opposed to the Electoral College, whereby actually, you know, there's one, now these aren't the exact numbers, but for example, there's like one Electoral College vote means 250,000 New York votes, but one electoral college vote can also mean a hundred thousand people from Iowa. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so we can Like, I can't be, can't be dealing with that now. No, it's, at least oh, my vote is the same as your vote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is just anyway. So yeah, so so for the moment, that's mm-hmm. the purge series, but also yeah. not because the forever purge. Um, I don't know yet. I know a lot of films have been streamed simultaneously as well as a theater release. So mm-hmm. if if it is available online, then we will cover that kind of as quickly as yeah. we can. Because I definitely I mean, want I to could see, see because... the cinema. It's just I just can't write me notes. Oh yeah, and I I am still call me overcautious. I'm not ready to be going to cinemas mm. yet. Also, well, also I'm not. Well, I don't have my first job, so. Yeah, because we're old but not old enough. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and also I don't know something creeps me out about the 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 material padded seats in a cinema. Do you know what I mean? 
I'd nearly yeah, rather that. sit on like a metal or a plastic stool because at least you can wipe that down yourself or whatever. Yep, totally. Like <laughs> this past year has gone by, everything is fair, you know? Yeah. Um, well, my attitude is kind of a, you know, touch wood, I've made it this far without getting sick. So like, you know, just get me jab and I'll be, yeah. I'll be happy out. Like, But yeah, but are, do you have any closing thoughts on either this film or even the series to date? I love the series. Um, I think, you know, and we've kind of said this before when you said to me like, oh, sure, come on my podcast. It'll give you some good practice for your own or whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. You were like, look, big film. Um, and when I said this, you were kind of like, what? Yeah. Um, and then when I said, but let's do four episodes because I can't just do one on it. And you were like, really? What? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think... I love this series because it has so much to offer if you are willing or are interested in having it offered to you. Um, So I really, really enjoy it. There's loads of stuff that I would change, loads of stuff that I would do differently. But, you know, I'm an armchair critic, so that's grand. Um, I think it does a lot. I think it's... What I like about it is that it's dystopian but largely based in potentials, you know, and a lot of dystopian stuff, like even, you know, I mentioned the Hunger Games earlier. We might go, oh, imagine the world. That's so far removed from anything that we have that you kind of go, yeah, but it would never happen. Whereas actually with this, you're going, mm, that's kind of scary. Um, so I love that. Um, I, I think this this film, as I said earlier, it, it earns its right to be there. I think it is. It, look, I think if it had been left at the original trilogy, I wouldn't have necessarily missed this because I wouldn't have known what I was missing. But I yeah. think this this has a story to tell and it actually tells it quite well. Um, it's explicit, it's in your face, it's aggressive, it's assertive. And I mean all of those things in a positive way. Um, I think it should be. I think, you know, um, there's so many little details in it where you're going, even, you know, the pussy grabbing reference, the um, what's good for us, you know, the some group suffering the the concept of of Skeletor you know as, as a man who who actually needs mental health services the the concept of this architect who's actually a sociopath um the concept of people being so desperate that they're willing to stay there but then terrified and and all the rest of it and so desperate for for money um you know even bringing up the the imagery of the flower which is obviously something that we've seen throughout the series yeah. but this is the first series where they really um kind of discuss it and um because so the the nffa say that that this word the baptiza um australis is it it means rebirth so and i i looked it up so it actually is derived from the greek um word bapto meaning to dip or to immerse um or to die or uh, as in die as in color dye you know and i think all of those little details that actually flesh out help they help the series um and it it doesn't necessarily need it. I really like the trilogy, but but it, it works and I like it. Um, I think showing, one thing that I really, really like about this film is that it shows the manipulation. Yeah. And we can all say all we want. Oh, but I only watch the real news or but I only read the real things or but I know what's going on or but I know this. No, we're actually all being manipulated and lied to all the time. Again, go back to my example, watch Fox and CNN. So people would say, yes, but I watch CNN and that's the true news. They still have an agenda. 
They do. do you know what I mean? There are still subjective decisions being made at the top in terms of how you portray news. So there, there's an agenda for everything. So um, we're all being manipulated all the time. What's Love Island? That's manipulation. We're being manipulated into even for so like I I watch Love Island. I, I quite enjoy it. It's the summer. There's nothing else on. One thing I find really interesting is that on a Saturday night, um, so they have their episodes all throughout the week, whatever, but on a Saturday night, they have um, a best bits or a funny bits or an unseen bits, I think it's what it's called. And I, it's actually my favorite program because it shows the characters and the personalities and the real identities and the friendships and the bonds that we actually don't see during the week because it doesn't make for good drama. Mm. And we actually get to see the real people, look, the real people. I mean, we're watching it on screen and they're conscious they're on screen, whatever. But we get to see it a little bit more. Um, whereas it actually then makes you reflect and go, actually, during this week, I thought that person was a horror because all I saw them saying was X, Y and Z. Well, then you, you, you watch these unseen bits. and You're like, oh, actually, they were sitting there having the chats and talking about video games or whatever it was. Or like playing these stupid games with each other. Um, so, look, we're, you know, we're being manipulated all of the time. Um, and this film it's trying to get us to wake up and recognize that i mean i don't think we can escape that manipulation fully like we've our phones are listening to us you know we surround ourselves with people generally like-minded we consume particular types of content um whatever it is we're, we're being manipulated all of the time um and i i'm not sure how much free will there really is but okay now i'm going in a dark path there but I really enjoy this film because it says what's going on around you. And if you think nobody vaguely left thought Trump was going to win, nobody vaguely left thought Brexit was going to happen, nobody vaguely left thought Johnson was then going to become prime minister. Mm -hmm. um, so look what can happen if you don't. If you get complacent, if you. Exactly. Or if you only consume content that actually, no, not suggest me all go and watch, watch Fox News because I would rather my ear melt out through my, you know, nose and then give myself bowel surgery in a forest with a stick and no anesthetic, to be totally honest. But we actually should be aware of what's going on and what's being said because that's what leads to um, January 6th this year. That's what leads to Trump. That's what leads to Brexit. Um, that's what leads to people like Nigel Farage getting away with saying the things that he said over the years. And, you know, um, that's what leads to the Irish Freedom Party or whatever the, the IR exit tears call themselves here. That's what leads to racism. You know, that's what leads to the fact that we oh, but Ireland, we don't have a race problem. We're not racist. Well, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I'm not suggesting that it's it's the same or better or worse or whatever because I don't know. But you know that'd be like saying that we've no homophobia. That it's it's nonsense. That'd be like saying we've no sexism. Like cop, cop on and wake up. Um. So yeah, that's my long rambly way of saying this film is important. And actually, even on even as a standalone film, I think this film is quite important. I agree. Don't be complacent. No, I I agree completely. I think this. Yeah, this. It doesn't rely too heavily on uh, any continuity. It works mm -hmm. as a prequel. It works as this could be the first film. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. But yeah. But I think it would make The Purge itself feel like a way worse film if this came first. I think I'd be very disappointed in The Purge then. Oh, I see. yeah, I see what you mean. As in, this is, I mean, this is a, I feel, a 
better put together film. Uh, maybe it's the scale of it. Maybe, it, but I, I, I agree. Uh, but I think you have said everything far better or more eloquently than I ever could. So I want to say thank you very, very much for today. Thank, thank you. you for being your wonderful self. When the people inevitably want to reach out and scream at you or just talk to you, where can they find you? Mm-hmm. They can find me generally on Insta is probably the social media platform I use the most. So it's just at Carol Quigley. There's an E at the end of Carol. Um, yeah, find me there. Or if you Google me, you'll find me. And you'll find me on podcast Irish Theatre Play, which is good crack as well. Um, and yeah, sure, listen, I'm out there in the Googleable world. Lovely. Um, yes, I highly recommend everyone give her an old Google. She's good for an old Google. Good uh, for an old You can also find my PhD if you Google me. So like, feel free. I love that as well. Like, you know, and also like that is entirely one more PhD than I have. So that is a pretty damn good thing to have. Uh, Carol, thank you very, very much. Thank you. And everyone, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of You're On Crackmate. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Ferrick. You could also, if you want to join the club and get early access to episodes and even suggest episode titles, you can go on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Sean Ferrick. For the same price, it's about a coffee a month. You can get all of those things I mentioned because you're deadly. We will be back with another episode of You're On Crackmate next week. I've been Sean, and you've been awesome.